0: Hey guys, welcome to The Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve.
1: And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and The Challenge.
0: Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of The Challenge Weekly Show. In today's episode, we're joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are you doing today?
1: I'm really well, thanks Coach Steve. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm really well, Nick. I'm really well, and I'm excited. I'm excited because we are in week three of the challenge week three of the challenge and gosh it flies by quick
1: week three I can't believe it that's so awesome week three it feels like longer but that's because we had prep week and stuff but um everybody's right into the swing of it I can tell throughout the whole community so it's unreal
0: that's right so you know week three we're getting to that like quarter of the way through the challenge mark and we are getting into that that phase of the challenge where challenges are getting a, a good understanding of how the training works how the nutrition works so there is a, a decrease in you know questions on the forum or engagement on our, our Facebook communities and on Instagram and other online spaces. Uh, where most people are just, you know, getting into the work of it. And I think this is the time where, you know, you define yourself. Where at the start, yeah, okay, we're trying to figure it out. How does this work? How does this work? What is what is dieting? How is this portion control thing? What, what is this gym stuff? What is, you know, resistance training? But now is when we put the work in and now is when we define the outcome. Because it's these these moments is when we put in the work, where we actually make progress, and later we get to reap the benefits, so it's like where we're gardening right now, where we're planting the seeds, we're putting the work in, we're going we're going to look after our seed, and later we get to harvest our vegetables and eat them. Uh, but right now we are you know putting the work in, being patient and, and getting it done.
1: yeah, it's funny because when you're planting the seeds in the garden, you never say. They need to happen now. There's something not working with them. Everyone understands that that's a thing where they've got to stay underground until they come up. So that's you guys as well. That's what we've got to understand when we're working with our physiques. Exactly. Seeds.
0: Seeds. Yes, that's, mm-hmm. that's right. And I think we can draw a lot, a lot of analogies from the concept of gardening, even down to, let's say, you know, watering a plant. You know, you can underwater a plant and the plant dies, but you can also overwater a plant and the plant dies. Dies, right? And if you miss a day of watering the plant, you can't then try to do twice the amount the next day to try to make up for it because that could overload the plant and the plant could, you know, get basically drowned out. Uh, And it's it's a very similar concept when we're talking about, you know, physique development. We're talking about the challenge, talking about losing weight, building muscle. We do need to take it day by day. And there is a, you know, a, a framework where we can kind of make up from missed work and such. Um, but, you know, we need to take each day independently and look after ourselves like we're looking after a house plant. And I'm not saying that, you know, we're as simple of a, a biological essence a organism as like a, a plant, but in a way we need to give it water when we need to, but then let it be when we need to as well and be patient and acknowledge that, hey, this plant is going to be okay. I don't need to do anything more right now because more might be the limiting factor of my plant surviving.
1: Very true. Very true. Uh, I wish I could keep a plant alive as well as I can develop my physique though. <laughs> <thank> yeah. <you. laughs> I'm not the best plant human.
0: <laughs> best plant human. I I have a buddy, uh, and he moved out of his parents' home, and you know you buy him the housewarming gift of a plant, and mm. I bought him a cactus. Nick, I bought oh, him a cactus, yeah. and he overwatered the cactus.
1: Oh no! You cannot. It yeah. is. Wow!
0: Yeah, 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 and I was i, I, I told him I'm like, I bought you the cactus because it's a dry plant. That's
1: right. You yeah. don't need
0: to water it, and he went overboard and he overwatered his plants. That's very uh,
1: cute. So Can it's good that,
0: that he looked after it. I give him ten points for that, but
1: it's nice. Yeah, yeah wrong, wrong plant, wrong protocol. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. But look, Nick, back to the challenge world. Uh, right now, week three of the challenge, you know, the third week of the first phase. So phase one is weeks one to four. So you can actually look at your calendar. So uh, move the calendar forward, move the calendar backwards in time. And you can see, um, you know, the, how this first phase is designed. You can see the calories that you were prescribed in the first phase and the training programs you could see in the first phase. Phase one, weeks one to four. We're transitioning into um, week five, week five to eight, that's phase two, okay? So as we transition into phase two, uh, you will be prompted to complete your phase one check-in where you take a photo of yourself. We'll ask you what your body weight is and that will be prompted in the app. So that opens on Friday the 10th of March. So Friday the 10th of March, that's the final weekend of phase one. And uh, there's no you know, uh, deadline to complete check-in. So you, you, there's no deadline to complete your start photo, but we hope that you've got your start photos, that we can actually have a bit of time between, between photos. And same with the phase one check-in. There's no you know, deadline to complete that phase one check-in. However, you do need to complete phase one, phase two and phase three check-ins to be eligible for the final competition. Okay. So this opens on the 10th of March. And then as we transition onto the Monday of week five, so that would be the 13th of march that's when you will be transitioning into your new, new training program new nutrition plan and again um no big surprises you can just move the calendar forward and you can review some of this information um and and you know even prepare for that if you wish to
1: yeah definitely use those calendars everyone that but you really can't break the calendars you just move them forward and back and you can see what's going on and um that's what it's there for
0: that's right that's right mm-hmm. Nick, let's move on to our next segment here. We have the community highlights where we highlight some members of our community. So Nick, take us away. Who would you like to highlight this week?
1: Okay, so we've got Natalie Parry and she says, my glutes were still so sore this morning that I did not want to get up and train legs, but I got my ass up. So, you know, she mentions her glutes again Um, and into that gym, she felt good. So uh, there you go. Glutes are quite resilient. Um, Natalie's glutes are feeling it and that's fantastic. Good on you.
0: Hope she's having a real glute time.
1: A glutastic time.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent
1: oh, oh gosh. You win. X, X factor. <laughs> it's good. Okay, so the next one we got is um Margie Tolcher. So Margie says. Had the best weekend away with our boating friends. Our usual catch-ups consist of lots of drinking and eating. This weekend was so different due to being on the 12-week challenge. I stuck to my meal plan 100% and only drank water. I even left the partner to wash down the boat so I could hit the gym. Well, that's dedication, isn't it? Um, We're entering week three tomorrow, so that's now. Um, Good luck, team. We have got this. So Margie, um, she loves her boat. And, yeah, once she once she gets into the challenges, she is a force to be reckoned with because she really focuses for those um, challenge weeks. She's very um, into it.
0: Ah, so good. Nick, are you a, a, a boating gal? Do you like boats?
1: I, I'm i happy to like boats. I don't really have much access to boats. But, yeah. yeah <laughs> but, um, I mean, I have nothing against boats. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like if someone was to present a boat to me, if any challenger has a boat and they want me to go on the
0: boat. <laughs> we'll go boating. I'll go on the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I don't mind boats. Do you You like boats because you've worked on a boat, haven't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I did spend a lot of time on a cruise ship working on the Disney Cruise Line. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been on my fair share of, of boats and, and on the ocean. Um, even doing the transatlantic. So, you know, sailing from... from uh, America to, to Europe. Um, so that's, that's a daunting feeling being like, you know, four days away from land. You're like, ah, oh, land is four days that way. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think I've had one not so fun experience on a, on a smaller boat, having a bit of seasickness. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Actually, I uh, found myself in in Mexico of all places. We went uh, sports fishing, you know, getting like those really big, uh, swordfish and yeah, just riding the waves. I, I was not well at all. So. I, I, I do like boats. Maybe if they're really small, really choppy water, maybe not. But my partner, Laura, does not like boats and water. So um, I don't see myself on a boat in the the near future.
1: Oh, she doesn't like mm. them. Um, no. I have to ask you one quick question about being on a cruise ship, like squatting. Mm-hmm. Um, was it was it possible, or was it were you just never quite stable enough to be able to you know squat the the big numbers? Was you
0: it- no, you couldn't you couldn't yeah. squat uh, uh, like big numbers. No, no, um, because
1: you would you yeah. just don't have any stability yeah. on the. So, it's like squatting on a Bozu ball or something. That's right,
0: yeah. So look, uh, first thing is you develop sea legs. Yeah, right, um, right. So if you were to hop on a, a boat now, let's say a cruise ship, you might notice the water because you're like oh, oh you know you're walking and you're walking a bit of a mm-hmm. zigzag. As you kind of go into more rough waters, you know, you are genuinely walking in a zigzag. But if you live on a boat for nine months, um, you, you kind of get accustomed to it, right? You just get normalized. And if anything, when I was going back onto land, when it was flat and, and stable, that's when I was walking in zigzags. So I was just strange about it um in the gym where we worked out at, at the uh on the cruise ship uh, lots of machines so you need to utilize the stability requirements of, of the machines a lot less um free weight activities and even things like you know doing a dumbbell chest press you're lying down on the bench trying to do a chest press it's, it's quite unstable uh even when the ship was uh docked so even though we were docked uh, you still felt the the you know rocking of the ship um and even more so when you know you're, you're sailing. So. Yeah, you just leverage more machines um, if you are in those those situations.
1: Very interesting. I like it. So um, the next one we've got is Michelle Lennon and Michelle says that's a wrap for week two. Had an awesome training session today. I can feel myself getting stronger every session and I'm wrapped that I've increased my weights from week one. This is one happy granny, LOL. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend week three. Here we come. We've got this. So Michelle's gym, when I interviewed her for the podcast, it was in the background. It looks like a commercial gym. If anyone wants to check out Michelle's story, it's on um it's on the podcast um yeah from a, maybe i don't know uh yeah a while back but um she is also obviously we know this she's our step queen as well so she does train with weights and she also walks on the treadmill a lot
0: Ooh, michelle i love that she's getting uh you know really involved in strength training and seeing her numbers increase which is just awesome
1: yeah she's on fire on fire she's a she's just a a hot rocket
0: a hot rocket mhm Nick I've got a few that I'd like to highlight this week, the first one goes out to Ian Lurser, and Ian writes, the little engine that could. Different goals for different seasons, sometimes it's not about weight loss and more about carrying a little bit more weight, but feeling stronger and just as healthy, whatever your goal is it's about you and no one else. And I really like this from Ian, you know, he really highlights that, yeah, we are on our own individual journeys, we're running our own race and for the most time with the challenge we have goals to, you know, lose body fat, improve our physique, you know, improve our body composition, Uh, but that's not always the, uh, you know, be all and end all. And sometimes, you know, our goals can pivot and can change where we go, well, yeah, I am more comfortable um, not dieting at this phase, maybe not, you know, driving for the, the the six pack, but I want to focus on maybe improving my strength or improving my muscle mass. Uh, and, you know, we are all, all on our different path. And that's something important to, to acknowledge that we can't compare ourselves too much on each other. Uh, you know, it's not, me comparing my my journey to to you coach Nick um and you know we all have our different approaches different strategies and different priorities and and Ian really highlights that
1: Mm, absolutely and um sometimes you do need to have other priorities than just the physical especially if you want to make massive changes as a natural athlete um sometimes you do have to carry a little bit more body fat as well even though I'm bringing it back now to ultimately a physical goal but um even within that, you have to let that go sometimes and um, think about all the other aspects and why you do it. And um, yeah, I like Ian. He's kind of, he's really had a big think about everything and um, he's a really good person to have a look at all, his, all of his um, material because he's really onto something.
0: Yeah, go Ian. Love it.
1: Wise Ian.
0: Wise Ian. Uh, next one here goes out to Jody Matarget. Uh, Jody, our winner from last week for the uh, best joke, Jody. Uh, Jody writes, uh, as much as I wasn't feeling it today, I showed up, put the excuses away and am powering through my leg session. Feeling proud and amazing, I pushed myself to start as now feeling pumped to push myself hard. It's just taking the first step that's the hardest. Whew, Jody, Jody with the, with the powerful words. And you know this I think really summarizes the, um, I think maybe behavior change or or, or 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 getting out there and doing it and really summarizes this idea that I call like the, the one minute goal where if you say, I'm going to go to the gym, you know, that can be a really big anxiety-driven task. Oh, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to be doing like, you know, five exercises, I'm going to be there for an hour. Gosh, you know, you really start to build up this really big job in your head. You've got to, you start thinking, oh, I've, got to, I've got to drive to the gym, i have got to do my warm-up, I've got to, you know, do my sets, I've got to clean up afterwards, and i have got to get changed, I've got to shower, and all right, you know, you really build it up. But sometimes doing all those things occur after just Doing it for one minute, and what I mean is that the that the hardest part about doing the job is is just starting it, and sometimes it's easier to break it down to just the bare minimum. You know, the the first minute. That's my goal, just to do one minute, and that could be, hey, my goal is to 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 put my shoes on and and walk to my letterbox at the front of my house. You may find just the act of putting your shoes on, going to the letterbox that's the hardest part. And then, you know, going for a big walk around your neighborhood is the easy part because you've started it all. Or maybe going in and doing your leg session is really daunting in your head. Oh my God, it's going to be so painful. You go in, you do. your goal is just to do one set of squats. Once you do that one set of squats, you're like, well, I'm here now, I've done one set, I might as well do two, I might as well do three, all right, I might as well go do the leg press and then, you know, some leg extensions, hamstring curls and some calf raises and, and then I'm done, you know. Doing just the start is often the hardest. And if we make that our goal, just to start, once we achieve that, we probably find the, the 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 rest of it is, is really easy. So so thanks, Jody, for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that first step of anything. And if you start to overthink it, that's always where you let yourself down. So don't think, just do, and then just tell yourself, when you get there, just go, okay, I'll do a minute. And then you'll go to yourself, oh, it feels all right. And then by the time you've done all that, I swear you'll do the whole thing and you'll probably yeah. sometimes even get some personal bests there because it's those sessions that usually end up being really good.
0: Oh yeah. I I've, I've done that yeah. often not not the, the personal best side that takes a little bit more uh, effort now but um you know there's been times where I just can't be bothered nick. There's been times where I I I just think ah oh, geez I just don't want to train today and I say to myself okay Steve, just just go in and do just, just one set. And it's often squats. And I go, okay, just do, do one set of squats. And once I get through that one set, it's like, oh, well, I've got my shoes on. I'm, I've got the bar loaded. I might as well do two. I might as well do three. All right, might as well just do your accessories. All right, you know, you've done your session now. Okay, good, congratulations. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's, that's the point to take away is this, the, 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 the starting part is the hardest part.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yep.
0: Nick, last one here goes out to Karen Olivia Matthews. And Karen writes, not the usual gym selfie, and the scales haven't moved much, but I'm pleased to say that my motorbike gear is feeling more comfortable on me this week. Yay. Karen, and she posts a photo of herself in her motorbike gear about to go for a ride. Uh, I think that's great. I think that really highlights the challenge where, yeah, okay, we are talking a lot about quantifying it, measuring our, our progress, um, but, you know, we can't, dis uh, you know, push aside um, qualitative information. How does it feel? How do my clothing feel? Oh, it feels more comfortable. Great. That's a win. So go, Karen. Enjoy your ride. Uh, whew, that's a breeze.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, from what I can tell about motorbike clothing, it's not particularly giving. So it's definitely, you, you're definitely going to have some changes if you can fit into that leather stuff um, better. Yeah. How's cool as that. Leather, 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 leather. Leather.
0: Nick, let's move mm-hmm. on to our final segment here. We have the question and answer segment. So first question comes from Stella. and well, of course you got to say Stella. Stella! Sorry, Stella. Stella <laughs> writes, my measurements are up. Help. I don't want to, I don't want to get disheartened. Any advice? I feel like my body is changing though. Whew. Mm. Nick, what would you say to Stella?
1: Let's unpack this Stella. So, uh first of all, can I just let you honor the feeling that you feel that your body is changing? Like we we can't put any measurements on that. Um that's actually uh a good thing because if you don't feel like it's changing then we can start to go down different routes but if you feel like it's changing there's a chance that it's changing because you live in your body but um so measurements do you know to actually get accurate measurements um you probably have to measure where you put the measurements in the first place with like a ruler and a text star and do it accurately. Um, and then it would have to be at the same time each day. And it would have to be under the same conditions. What I'm trying to say is that measurements, even though we say get your measurements, they're not actually accurate. Even if you're taking, if you're taking them yourself, you could just be a little bit off and often measurements are the difference of a centimeter or so that you're looking at. So I'm just saying that data on its own is not, um, enough i think for you to become disheartened um it's one picture of your body at one point in time also the other thing that i must point out is why do all measurements have to get smaller if we are growing muscle if we are in the gym if we are building our glutes if we are building our shoulders if we are building our biceps our quads if we're measuring all of that you don't actually want it to measure smaller even if you are on a weight loss journey you you do still want to hold on to some muscle mass so if suddenly you go oh you know my my glutes are are not existent anymore that's not good either so we've got to just take it as a snapshot in time Um, for me I'm not the hugest fan of measurements necessarily Um, I find like a rigid pair of jeans is something that we were just talking about before but that's something that you can really tell if it if it fits you well or not, um, but I I just don't think that measurements are necessarily the only thing to go on. I would prefer a scale, ooh controversial, uh, a weight every day and an average weekly than um, some measurements. So let me put that out there. You know, come back to me and tell me why I'm wrong. But um, I just don't think that you can go just off measurements. I think that it is great to take them um, over time if that's something that you can measure accurately and um, measure against. And that's something that makes you feel better. But I would say you want to make sure in general that your strength is going up and not, you know, definitely not going down massively. And um, you also want to just look at all your other markers. You say that you're feeling better. Um, that is already a win. So I don't think that measurements are enough to become disheartened Stella.
0: Mm-hmm. No, good, good, good good answer. I think I've just got two thoughts. First Mm -hmm. one, I'm always curious when uh, individuals are talking about measurements or body girth, um, what they choose to measure. Uh, I would argue the three most pertinent measurement points are uh, one, of course, around the waist. How do you measure that? I don't, I don't know, right? Um, I would say, you know, maybe using the belly button as a marker. So we'll be measuring our waist. Next would be around the hips. Again, how do you measure that? I would measure it as possibly like the widest part of your hips. Um, I've also helped people measure where, you know, maybe have their arm straight by their side and where their fingers um, stop is where we grab the measurements so using that as a markup so we, we like you said nick we need to be really important where we're grabbing this measurement is it straight is it on an angle is it the same time every time and then the third point i would say would be pertinent is around let's say the chest and again how do you measure that uh you know maybe using like the the, the nipple line as, as a guide um but then we face other problems okay what if you know through resistance training you start changing your posture so that you are a little bit uh, you know staying more upright shoulders a bit more open that would change your chest reading so if we start to look at let's say these three numbers okay um that that's a starting point what then happens is individuals get interested in other areas okay i'm going to measure my biceps and my thighs okay, cool. And then, you know, the next question is like, why do we stop there? Why aren't we measuring our forearms? Why aren't we measuring our fingers? Why are not we measuring our necks? Why aren't we measuring our ankles? Like where do we draw the line of measuring body girth? And then if you're measuring progress as a total centimeters lost, okay, are you going to measure like 30 different points around your body and try to say you've lost 30 centimeters? Is that, is that appropriate in measuring progress? That's the first thing. The second point I want to make is uh the concept of like effective size and, and measuring an effective difference because if your let's say waist is argument's sake 100 centimeters and you lose one centimeter that's effectively like a one percent loss and then if you want to measure let's say your bicep or your arm and your arm is let's say uh, i don't know 20 centimeters in girth a one percent loss in that is what 0.2 centimeters so like 20 millimeters how do you measure that with a, just a standard, like dress, dress tape, right? You, it's so small. Uh, and then if you were writing it down, you know, often we'll go, oh, well, we will just, you know, round it up to maybe the nearest, like, half a centimeter but that half a centimeter even around the waist you know if you were 99.5 centimeters that's you know 0.5 percent so like to measure like effectively the difference can be really problematic and it can be hard to measure like day-to-day or week-to-week changes and it might be more effective to use measurements body girths as maybe like a medium term change, like, hey, every, every 12 weeks, you, you you grab your measurements and use that as a test. Just like we use photos. Photos, you know, day to day, you won't notice a difference. Week to week, you may be squinting your eyes, turning your head, but if you measure it maybe month to month or challenge to challenge every three months, okay, you might, might start to see progress and change. I would say like a day to day measurement, or at week two week three of the challenge to see any progress would only be on the scales like you said Nick and that wouldn't be just a before and after measurement the only difference you would see is if you grab your weekly averages so you measure yourself multiple times a day uh, uh, multiple times in that week you measure the average for that week and then compare the week to week then you could start seeing like hey I'm actually seeing a trend now if you just grabbed your measurements every day, oh, geez, the effect size would be so small. You'd be looking at like, you know, a millimeter difference. And unless you had some like quantum laser tape to try to measure your, your changes, you might not see any significant change. And you will probably feel disheartened where you say, oh, I've lost half a centimeter around my waist. Is that really exciting? Is that gonna motivate you to keep going? Of course, you're gonna feel a bit disheartened. But if you say, hey, I've lost half a kilo, I've lost a kilo, Jesus this is awesome. Hey, that's gonna be motivating. So. I think measuring progress can be super important to uh, uh, one to test the effect of your strategy and then two for motivation reasons, but we're often pointing our eyes in maybe the wrong areas when measuring progress.
1: That's right. And also just to point out, um, you know, say half a centimeter for me on my waist is actually, it actually ends up being quite big. If, if I lose mm-hmm. that, you know, um, that's actually quite a, a big difference to my ratios. So um, like it, it also depends on the context of the the person and what's going on. So I was just quickly looking up my measurements for the last couple of years. Not that you really, for nobody who's asked, but um, in all of this training, I've put on um, three centimeters, well, you know, in um, shoulder width uh that's in like data over three years and then um quads have grown four centimeters each and uh uh, yeah and i've i'm um leaner than i was when i started so um but that's that that's data from a long time and notice how i said growing like growing you know and that that's um kind of impressive you know yeah growth Growth. So um, we're not always looking for, for smaller, but um, yeah, I love unpacking that and don't let anything discourage you because it's, it's your journey, you know, Stella. Come That's on. right. Mm.
0: Well, just for more context, Nick, uh, you don't need to privy us to this information. What mm. would be like your waist measurement at the moment at this, at this point in
1: time? Okay. I'll just look it up. Um, so for stage, I go to 65. So at the moment it is 68.2
0: right so okay using oh, two, those, there you go right, there you go so look even if you look at those information like you on stage 65 centimeters mm-hmm. you currently in like a building phase what was mm-hmm. it 68 centimeters yep. so it's three
1: centimeters. Three,
0: yeah. three centimeters in d- difference in mm-hmm. stage ready versus mm-hmm. building phase mm-hmm. right three centimeters so mm-hmm. if you were in like a, a a 12 week maybe even more dieting phase to prepare mm-hmm. for comp if you were trying to measure week by week progress you would be looking at like the point 0.2, you know uh change week to week right so it's so yeah. small and unless you know that that measuring tape and I'm talking about a practical sense now unless that measuring tape was absolutely spot on and you had all the variables mm. in line you breathed in at the exact same time you know breathe out breathe in um, you know maybe you had the exact same amount of water the same amount of pump maybe the same amount of bloating the same time in your you know menstruation cycle all these things in line trying to measure your waist mm. you could be like oh geez i've i've real up this week i i haven't lost my point two around my waist i'm not going to get stage ready Mm. that can be not useful information to determine how much effort you've put in but if you were to flip that and go okay i'm going to measure my my body weight changes or even just paint a big picture i'm going to measure like what you do I'm going to measure, uh, take some photos. I'm going to get my measurements. I'm going to use my progress in the gym uh, and I'm going to use my scale weight, draw a picture. Am I heading in the right direction? Yeah, you know, my 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 training's going well. I'm I'm, I'm hitting close to PBs. Uh, my data's trending in the right direction. You know, my measurements, you know, slowly coming down, my um, body weight slowly coming down. Uh, my clothes are fitting well. My, my images are looking good. Great. This is good information to measure progress. Judging it just from measurements, it can be a little bit limiting.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Ooh, good, oh, good, good one, good that one. That was like
1: a coach's corner. That was a
0: whole coach's corner. Uh, okay. So thank you Stella for that question. Uh, yeah. Look, Nick, next question here comes from Rochelle. Rochelle uh, Rochelle writes, Theraguns, dot, 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 are they a worthwhile investment? Ooh. This is
1: right up your alley. Oh yes, oh yes.
0: Look, uh, okay, so Theraguns or massage guns or percussion instruments, we, we call them, um, definitely had their popularity uh, maybe 12 months ago or so um and hey they they can be useful um you know it's just a a form of um self-management or self-massage therapy or self-manual therapy even and it would be in the same realm as you know a a foam roller spiky ball these types of of therapy interventions i think percussion tools like theraguns i think theragun the brand is, is quite pricey you know you could buy a massage gun quite cheap from places like ebay or amazon you know i picked up mine for about eighty bucks or so, and I still uh, you know have it at home, and it's the most gifted um, item I have. I've given it to my mom, my sisters, my friends. It's you know Christmas time, massage guns to everyone. So they can have their place. Um, percussion instruments are really cool. You don't need to be specific. So uh, you know if you had just some non-specific thigh pain, right? You could put the massage gun in almost anywhere on your thigh. You'll see your whole thigh jiggle, and you know think of it as like you know your your uh, slowly rhythmically um promoting blood flow and the the change in in fluid dynamics in the tissues and that can help to you know promote recovery maybe okay i'm definitely now in the realm of addressing why you would need something like a theragun right uh i wouldn't strongly support or say that it would improve any recovery recoverable measures so if I personally was to use one or not use one, it wouldn't lead to any significant improvements. Yeah, okay, I'll just feel nice. That's about it. That's my same approach to things like foam rolling, spiky balling, whatever other modalities you wanna use. It probably feels nice. Is it gonna to lead to any tangible change? Probably not. Um, so if you wanna use one, great. If you need to use one and you are reliant on the use of one, it's probably worth going back to the drawing board. Like why are you becoming so sore that you need these types of modalities um and i've personally gone through a a a a deep dive in my own training and really thinking about okay am i training almost too hard is my volume too high is my intensity too high that i'm now Uh, negatively impacting that. And if you are following me on Instagram, I've kind of gone down a little bit of a rabbit hole with uh, velocity-based training lately. Um, You know, starting to quantify my intensity using uh, velocity of the barbell. Um, And there's a way that you can measure uh, fatigue and quantify it more than just RPE. And RPE referring to rate of perceived exertion. So at the end of the day, we can start to quantify how hard are you training are you recovering well what's your readiness to train and this plays a really big part in how we feel to training and if we need to use other modalities like theragons massage in general going and seeing like a chiropractor an osteo these types of uh, interventions when we could just go back to the very start of it and being like okay can we improve other areas before we need to rely on this and it might be better to go back to your approach to training and make changes there rather than having to be reactive and utilize things like massage guns uh so then my thoughts Rochelle uh in a, in a nutshell firstly they can be nice. They feel really good. I have one. I've used them in the past. I don't use them too much now. Um, I've used them in the clinic when I'm treating people because I don't want to use my hands I use a massage gun and I've gifted it to people. So I do think that there is value in them. However, now kind of changed my mind a little bit and would say, hey, maybe go back to the drawing board and think, is this something I need? And can I improve my training before I apply another intervention?
1: Yeah, I agree. Since I've improved my training, range of motion, everything like that, I find that I'm um, a lot less likely to need things like that. So agreed.
0: Agreed. Mm-hmm. Nick, next question here comes from Tammy. Tammy, a little bit of a podcast question. And Tammy mm-hmm. writes, after listening to many challenge podcasts, I've decided to change my workout from physique to M strong, but just wanted to check if that's okay or recommended. Whew. Nick what would you say to Tammy?
1: Yeah I love the fact that like for some reason Tammy must think that we we rave on about being strong because that's what, like if she's listening to us maybe it's just she just gets vibes that that we're strong and we love strong and, and strength is everything which um, it, like we love but basically when it comes down to because I unpacked this a bit with Tammy on the um the forum to find out a little bit more because I wasn't sure in what context she means is it recommended because if you want to, if your goal is to get stronger, then um, probably a program that's based on getting strong would be the one. But if your goal is, um, which it is, it's to lose 20 kilos. So for fat loss being the main goal, any of our programs are going to help with that because um they are going to help preserve muscle mass as you diet down so it's going to be really about what you do outside of the gym uh choosing that fat loss option in the nutrition and getting that activity in during the day those steps Um, yeah so any of the training will facilitate that i have no troubles with any of that the only thing would be commit to it now so don't chop and change. That's the only problem. It's not even which, which workout plan. They're all awesome. Otherwise, we wouldn't have chucked them on there. But definitely commit to it now because the chopping and changing at this point is where we might run into a few problems.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I hope that it wasn't a miscommunication where we're talking about getting strong. Uh, we want to highlight that strength is important. I would say that the biggest driver to strength is total muscle mass. Um, So it wouldn't be a stretch to say, Nick, that I have a little bit more muscle mass than than you do um, and I'm a little bit stronger than than you are. and that's how because, dare
1: you how <laughs> I, I'm dare. sorry
0: Nick uh, and and that's because I, I I train for strength remember strength is specific and it's very narrow right like you know mm. put me in a barbell lying on my back holding the barbell lowering the barbell to my chest and pressing hey I have a bit of strength there but change that position uh I don't know like a an overhead like a an Olympic list style I don't have as much strength in that right now because I'm not training for that specific strength outcome so strength is specific um generalized strength uh you know that's a. Different Different question hey if you want to try to get strong generally any sort of physical activity is going to do that as long as it's repetitive over time and it's, it's it's uh progressing over time it's like hey you know if you want to be able to play with your kids carry the shopping from the car to your 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 house in one go um and then be able to you know help move the couch uh you know they're three different tasks that require different levels of strength you can't Train those by just doing like a M strong program. You need to develop capacity across lots of tissues, and that happens in any sort of resistance training. Uh, So that's concept of strong. We want to prioritize resistance training where we're progressively um, improving um, muscle mass, right? And that could be by um, you know getting stronger with certain movements. But ultimately, what we want to be very specific is to increase the volume of activity over time so that includes the the weight that we lift we call that load the the volume of activity how many sets we do um and in combining those two together because we want to be able to do more work with our tissues over time that's how we get stronger that's how we build muscle rather than just focusing on you know going really low with uh, reps, maybe doing, you know, one or two reps with a higher load, um, that may not be the most optimal approach to getting general strength.
1: Mm. And fat loss isn't probably the time to think about maximizing no. your strength. I mean, you, you will, can maximize what you've got, but it's hard to build upon that. So I'd say lose lose the weight that you want to lose first and then come back to us with the M-strong question. That's right.
0: Mm final question here from Rawena. and Rawina asks which exercises do you use shoulders back and down and it is its purpose? So what's the purpose of shoulders back and down um, and that's a cue, a cue that we sometimes use um, when cueing upper body activities mostly. Um, now so using the cue shoulders back and down it's what's called an internal cue because I'm trying to get you to internally you know bring the shoulders back bring the shoulders shoulders down Um, and that could be a way to adjust the uh, like rib cage or the thoracic spine to try to change that positioning and it can be helpful maybe uh, to some individuals who are having some challenges in like that flexed position the shoulders forwards position Um, so I may use this cue specifically on me when I'm doing something like a bench press because me, I'm trying to be a power lifter, I'm trying to lift as much weight as I can, I want to place my rib cage, my thoracic spine into like an extended position, so bringing the shoulders back and down might help to puff out my chest, bring my chest closer to the bar, so the bar has to move in a shorter range of motion. I've dabbled in using this cue for activities like squats and deadlifts to help build some tension in the upper back. And this might be for that beginner intermediate lifter where, um, you know, focusing more on just having the load on their back and squatting. We need to think about other areas. Okay. How do we build tension across other parts of the body? I would argue now that most of us don't even need to think about what the shoulders are doing. I think most of us would move our body into a position that is Strongest. So if you are stronger with your shoulders in any position, that's where you're going to go. Um, For upper body activities, you would need the shoulder girdle to move in a way that is, uh, you know, unconscious, right? If you're going to do a lat pull down or a chin up, uh, you shouldn't be needing to cue, you know, the shoulders back first and then move the arms. We want to be using the shoulder girdle as it's intended and almost in a way of think less about it, think less internally, think more externally, right? Think about, you know, bringing the chest to the bar, and you might find that the shoulders just do what they need to do to complete that activity. So mm-hmm. I would say for most of us in like a physique development world, probably don't need to worry about it too much. Maybe in like the strength circles, how hey, you want to get as as you can in the squat the deadlift the bench press these types of activities okay maybe you need to shorten the range of motion build some stability bring the shoulders you know back and down to build some tension in the upper back okay maybe but i think for most of us probably not a cue we need to spend too much time thinking about and just almost (laughs) let the body do what it wants to do to complete the task that you're trying to ask of it
1: yeah yeah i remember it being said in like body pump classes and stuff and i I um I do remember it. I think it might might be sort of a cue that you can use in a massive group fitness class just to ensure you know that everybody's kind of not going to necessarily injure themselves. But yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, and like there's other there's nicer ways to put it as well. Like you know shoulders back and down. We're kind of implying like the shoulder blade bring it together or like retract and then depress. Um, mm-hmm. You know, trying to adjust like the rib cage. Uh, you know, you can say the same thing by, you know, trying to tuck your shoulder blades into your back pocket, like this type of idea. And the idea would try to bring maybe the shoulders away from the ears, try to puff out the chest. Uh, And maybe that leads to more organization in the body. Um, And maybe for someone who's a beginner who might not be a bit body aware, just a bit of organization may improve, um, you know, the performance of an activity okay, you know, very, very unique cases for this cue. Uh, But again, in most cases, um, I would probably be spending more mental attention, focusing at the task at hand, rather than trying to think, all right, what are my shoulders doing in this this position? Yeah. Nick, let's wrap it up there for episode number 102 of the Challenge Weekly Show. Mm. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know, and we'll catch you next week for episode 103.
1: Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend.
1: Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.